Hello, and welcome to This is Purdue, the official podcast for Purdue University. Our conversations and stories feature Boilermaker students, faculty, and alumni taking small steps toward their giant leaps and inspiring others to do the same. The Purdue University campus is home to a diverse collection of sculptures, one that includes statues of individuals who have inspired students to commissioned pieces by internationally renowned artists. In this edition of This is Purdue, we turn the spotlight on several of these noteworthy landmarks, from the bell tower and continuum to a student favorite fountain, a statue honoring a legendary astronaut, and the beloved bronze boilermaker that greets loyal fans to Purdue athletic competitions. One of the easiest structures to find is Purdue's Bell Tower. It was built with donations from the class of 1948. The bells that now hang in a cluster in the center of the tower are the original bells that hung in the old Hevelin Hall before it was destroyed in a fire. The structure is 163 feet tall, made from steel and brick. The clock face on the bell tower uses four eyes instead of the Roman numerals IV to indicate four. The four eyes visually balances better with the Roman numeral eight that is directly opposite it on the clock's face. The site development around the bell tower is known as the Special Places Garden. It was completed in 2000, funded by the class of 1949. This life-size bronze sculpture entitled Continuum is a depiction of the enduring relationship between humans and animals. It was paid for by private gifts and dedicated in September of 2000. Continuum features seven distinct pieces, including a variety of life-size animals and humans. It was designed by Larry Anderson, who created the sculpture in his studio near Seattle, Washington over an 18-month period. Continuum is approximately 45 feet long and at its highest point, 9 feet. Another of the iconic structures on campus is the Purdue Mall Fountain, also known as the Engineering Fountain. The class of 1939 donated $350,000 to build this fountain in observance of its 50th anniversary. The water sculpture was designed by artist Robert Youngman. Van Phillips, a Purdue professor of theater, designed the lighting system. The structure is 60 feet in diameter and 38 feet high. It includes 280 lights and 228 tons of concrete. When operational, 36 nozzles drive as much as 588 gallons of recycled water per minute. One of the most notable alumnus of Purdue University is Neil Armstrong, the first person to walk on the moon. An eight-foot bronze sculpture of Armstrong sits in front of the building bearing his name and depicts Armstrong as an undergraduate student in the 1950s. This sculpture, created by artist Chaz Fagan, shows Armstrong sitting on a stone plinth and wearing a windbreaker, Oxford shirt, khaki pants, and penny loafers. Armstrong, the first person to land on the moon, is gazing over his left shoulder at a trail of sculpted moon boot impressions and other symbolic features. An elliptical stone arc resembling a spacecraft trajectory sits next to the sculpture with the inscription, One Small Step for Man, One Giant Leap for Mankind. The arc leads toward lunar footprints that replicate the bounding gait of an Apollo astronaut. And then there is the Boilermaker. Legend has it that in 1889, two football coaches enrolled several Husky Boilermakers from the Monon Railroad. These men set out to play football and won game after game. Incensed Crawfordsville newspaper writers wrote uncomplimentary stories calling the team sluggers, cornfield sailors, haymakers, and Boilermakers. The last name struck the fancy of Purdue students and has been the nickname ever since. 
Sculptor John Hare of Cornelius, North Carolina, began work on the statue in 2003 on behalf of an anonymous donor who wanted to present Purdue with a statue of the world's largest boilermaker. In 2016, Purdue University unveiled the final sculpture designed by the late Nina Hall. The internationally acclaimed artist was known for her outdoor firing technique, which allowed her to transform raw clay into a finished piece of art entirely on site. The finished life-size clay structure housed at Purdue was modeled to look like a church in the Danish artist's hometown, a stunning piece introduced to the campus community through performative elements. In April of 2016, a work of art on Purdue's campus literally went up in flames. What would be a disastrous end for most structures was actually the final stage in the creation of a truly unique sculpture from a world-renowned artist. When you build a sculpture like this, it's a feat of engineering. We sort of break with a lot of the rules of ceramics. A project this magnitude cannot be made just by one person. Art has the power to bring people together, and I think that this particular piece does exactly that. We're very lucky, very lucky to have one, because there's only 25 in the world. We have something at Purdue called the Lonsford Fund. It was for the sole purpose of acquiring significant works of art for our campus for Purdue students to see and to engage with. Our professor in ceramics, Sigrid Zahner, suggested that we consider commissioning a piece by artist Nina Hall. It took them about two years to say, oh, okay, we'll, we'll finally do it, because I mean, basically it's a, just an enormous fire hazard. The piece is many things. It's, it's a sculpture, it's public art, um, but it's also a kiln that's going to be firing in place for three days. Nina started the fire sculpture with an idea. It's she wanted to be able to travel around the world meet people and take her work in her kiln. She couldn't take her kilns with her, so she decided to make the sculpture its own kiln. She pioneered this whole process, you know, of working with clay in this way. Nina, in our field, is pretty much a rock star, a really internationally recognized female artist. She does extraordinarily large works. She just embodied all those things that I think we all want to be as artists. She, she had no fear about what she wanted to do and who she wanted to be. We knew she was sick. We knew she was sick. You know, we asked her if she would do it anyway, and she said absolutely. She died in February, and so two months later, her assistants came and built her design. This was the last one she designed. And actually, the wonderful thing about this design is it's based on a church near her house where she's also buried, which is just so wonderful for those of us who know her because I feel like she's sort of given us a piece of herself and a piece of her final resting place. With any project like this, there's a huge amount of legwork before we even get on the ground. We always establish the opening dates. And then we work backwards from there. I think we had 18 building days total. We begin to build with bricks and sort of build that brick foundation that serves kind of as a main part of the kiln for the piece. That's where we put the wood in, that's where we put the fuel in and the rest of the structure is clay. And so we ordered 6,000 pounds, three tons of clay, and yeah, we used all but 100 pounds. We'll put the clay through a machine called a slab roller. We cut a template, it's kind of a specific shape that we need, and we bend those into J-shaped slab. That's important because we need a double-walled construction. 
That short end becomes our window. So you see those on the outside of the sculpture, kind of those little openings. That pattern is mirrored on the inside of the sculpture. So that heat goes in and out. So that allows the drying to happen very rapidly. If that was a solid sculpture, we would be firing it this time next year because that's how long it would take to dry. One nice thing about this process is that it's very teachable. When it's going together, it's the most basic ceramic techniques. You're just scratching clay and sticking it together. We had this great group of volunteers who sort of cycled in and out through the days. I mean, I just like the feeling of the things I can do with the clay. It's a good experience and I like it. She's left one small footprint of herself there that's part of the beauty of including the students. It's a community project, and that's when you see this is Purdue's finest. So at the end of the project, we were pulling some very, very long days. We were delayed by weather. At one point, we had 55 mile an hour winds. The tent blew away. Transitioning to a larger tent and then figuring out heat in that larger tent as it was like 25 degrees. So April, we had 55 mile an hour winds, snow, that was the worst part. You see the sculpture growing a little bit and a little bit and a little bit until you have this massive thing of clay that, that you have to be confronted with. Once we're finished with the building, we wrap the sculpture in kind of this white blanket. Um, it's an insulating blanket sort of developed and used specifically to keep heat in. So once the piece is wrapped, we fire it for three days with wood. So we heat it from the bottom very slowly. The first day is just basically drying it. As we get into the second and the third day, then we kind of get into some of the performance aspects of the firing. We're adding more fuel and we're able to create these big flames that kind of come out of the top of the sculpture and sort of creep out from under the blankets and create a lot of smoke. There's a real performative element to the work. What's really exciting is the way that it brings people together, just like a campfire does, only bigger and really unique. It's the culmination of everything. When everything is quiet and we are taking the fiber off and you see the first layer comes up and you see that tip of this glowing sculpture in the dark and it's so beautiful. You have it standing in the night sky, sort of still glowing yellow, orange hot and kind of complete the performance. That to me is like, okay, we did it. That's it, this is the end. I just think it's important for everyone to remember that although we're the hands that are here building this and we're the feet that are on the ground right now, this entire project and this entire process is about Nina. This final firing really feels like an, an honor, you know, and a way for us to celebrate her legacy and her life. And for us at Purdue to have her final piece is a great honor and we're really privileged. This final work by the late artist Nina Hull was given the name Repose, which means a state of rest or tranquility. Repose is located just outside the Yukong Pao Hall of Visual and Performing Arts on Purdue's West Lafayette campus. Purdue is proud to be the home of Hull's beautifully designed sculpture titled Repose, which means rest. 
Visitors to the West Lafayette campus will find this work of art just outside the Pow Hall. Thanks for listening to This is Purdue. For more information on this episode, visit our website at purdue.edu slash podcast. There, you can route to your favorite podcast app to subscribe and leave a review. As always, boiler up.